But Holy Spirit has helped me see something else. It's helped me see that we are to turn from the idols to another direction and serve the true and living God. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to attempt to wrap up a teaching that we began a couple of weeks ago. By the way, I've had some technical glitches on our end. You know, computers are wonderful when they work, but sometimes they don't. And a lot of what you're watching now is computer-generated. And uh, we have to go to a lot of trouble sometimes to create these programs to get them out there before you. But anyways, we have a brand new teaching that we're kind of coming at you with uh, based out of or based upon a passage of Scripture from Hebrews. And let me tell you that I, at some point during the message, I misspeak, and I'm going to refer to Hebrews as Romans. So don't let that throw you. I'm not trying to trip you up or trying to misquote. It was just a misspeak. And I trust you'll understand that when we get to it in the program. I want to read one verse in your hearing. We're going to jump right on into this as we try to ask and answer the question, How do I get the power of God? Are you interested in the power of God? You know, there's a revival stirring in our land right now. Many of you probably have heard about it. And I have some really close friends connected to that revival. And I'll be excited to share some of that with you in the coming days. But what do you know about the power of God and how to connect with or how to receive the power of God? We're going to be talking about that in this particular teaching. I'd like to read one verse in your hearing. We're going to jump right on into that. And it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now listen to this. It's very interesting when we're talking about receiving the power of God. 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 1 puts it this way. Now, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, expressly states that in later times some will abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits. Not Holy Spirit, but deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. That, beloved, is why we need to be very, very careful who we listen to and how we listen to who we listen to. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening into the telecast. And I pray in Jesus' name that by your word, by the Spirit, you would speak to our hearts. Teach us some things about how to live out your power and to be in uh, receipt of that and to have that power flowing through us to enable us to be about your business each day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Led by the Spirit of God. Can I ask you that? Are we good enough friends I can ask you that? Are you being led by God? That's God's plan for you.
And I know we miss it sometimes, but that's where you need to be, followers of Christ. And I even ask you, and this was a dirty, rotten trick, I ask you to list some ways that you're being led by God. I encourage you, if you did not uh, engage that exercise, do that. Sometime this week, just get quiet and say, let me think about that. Yeah, I, I had to tell Pastor Terry I'm being led of God because I didn't want him to look at me funny, but how am I experiencing that? What does that look like on a daily basis? Hey, it would look something like this. It would look something like you surrendering your unholy habits, your unholy thoughts, your unholy traits to God. Lord, I know. Boy, do I know about my imperfections. And Father, I submit that to you, all of it, all of that unholy humanity. I'm surrendering it to you. Lord, is there anything you can do with that? The good news is, yes, there is something he can do with that. Hey, let me ask you before I move on, what unholy parts are you surrendering? Good question, isn't it? Say, yes, Pastor. All righty. What's the process? You've convinced me. What is the process? What does this look like? How do I uh, engage the plan and the power and, and make uh, use of this Holy Spirit you're talking about? What is the process? I alluded to it earlier. I'm going to nail it down right here. Listen, beloved, it must of necessity convene with a holy, hushed prayer life. What are you talking about? A holy, hushed prayer life. Have you ever had the experience where you go before God in prayer? And all of a sudden, God shows up. By the way, it's Holy Spirit that's showing up. And suddenly you feel overwhelmed to the point that you realize you are before the holiness of God and not anything that you say or do or that you are really matters because it's all about God. He is the righteous one. He is the holy one, and we need him. Oh, I have those times quite often. But, you know, we imperfect people experience those times more than perfect people. A holy, hushed prayer life. Let me encourage you, New Life Community Church, to spend some time in 2023 going before the Lord, expecting such a holy hush and experiencing such. I took you to Acts chapter 4 in part 1. One of the And what is there is a prayer meeting. I believe they experienced a holy hush moment during that prayer meeting. Now, it didn't stay hushed very long because when God shows up, stuff happens. Things begin to happen. And have you go back and read that story if you would, please. That leads me to number three on your study notes. Beloved, corporate prayer. What do I mean by that? Coming together as a body of Christ. And if you have not come together with a body of Christ and prayed lately, shame on you. Shame on you. That's what Christians do. That's what the followers of Jesus do. Corporate prayer has a prerequisite. You want to hear this? That prerequisite, bless you ever who just had that spell. 
That prerequisite is personal prayer. Personal prayer. Listen to him, I'm trying to help you. You're looking at an aging man that remembers when he was 15 years old. I still remember that, believe it or not. And I remember Wednesday night going to church. Did any of you ever go to church when you were 15 on Wednesday night? And boy, they called it prayer meeting. Would you care to guess why they called it that? They actually prayed at prayer meeting. That's a novel idea. Sometimes we should change our prayer meeting name to the social hour. But they prayed. And I sensed something. In fact, something bit me when I was 15 years old. Bit me in my spirit. And I haven't gotten over it yet. I've done been to Carowinds and Myrtle Beach and everywhere. I have never had anything affect me like those prayer meetings at the little Satsapal Hall Friends Church. It's incredible. Have you had such an experience? If you haven't, you can, and I trust that you will. Personal prayer, listen, personal prayer is the prerequisite to that. What I learned very early on is that when those people come together and they really knew how to pray, they had spent some time in their personal prayer closet or whatever you want to call it. I've always thought that was kind of a weird concept. Getting in your closet to pray. It'd be kind of stuffing in there. Amen. But a place where you pray. Listen, personal prayer will energize and revolutionize your corporate praying. Let me help you. Let me do that again. That struck a nerve. Personal prayer will energize and revolutionize your corporate praying. Let me offer this illustration to you. Think of an orchestral musician, perhaps the celloist. Now, I've got a great big cello that I play, but I don't play it with a bow, a big upright. But think of the celloist. How many of you know that the celloist prepares the piece, the music, in private? Am I right, worship leader? Y'all think Zach just got up this morning and could whoop up on that guitar like that? Let me tell you something. I remember when he couldn't do that. I remember when he couldn't do that. I had serious doubts about whether you could do that. Can that boy play a guitar or what? Yeah, he can. You know how that happens? It's just like the celloist. You practice that piece in private in order to release perfection in public. Are you putting two and two together right here? Your holiness, your holiness, your surrender of unholy things, your holiness will be perfected during seasons of personal prayer. And I'm here to tell you, those are tough gigs. But beloved, once that happens, then you can begin to celebrate that during seasons of corporate praying. And oh, how many times have I heard the testimonies during those times of corporate prayer when the saints pray and it's revealed from those prayers about how God has dealt with them in, the, in their private uh, little wood shedding session in the days before. And boy, it comes out sounding wonderful at that point in time, but I know what it's like getting there. Are you with me at all? Is this making any sense to you? 
Go with me to Hebrews 2. I'm going to start wrapping this up, and this is going to end very abruptly probably. Hebrews 2 and 3. Paul is writing to enlighten and instruct his fellow countrymen trying to help the Hebrews, or the Romans, if you please, to understand New Testament living. It was all new to them. Look at the latter part of verse 3, Hebrews 2. Paul says, this salvation, he's talking about the plan. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us. How? By those who heard him, the prophets. And those who gave us the word, it was confirmed to Paul by those who heard him. Look at verse 4. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. Look at this. And gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. According to whose will? His will. Jim Cimbala, in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, I highly recommend that to you. But you better put on your steel-toed shoes when you start reading that. He says, and I quote, this is on page 138, In other words, the gospel must be preached. Watch this. There's an assumption with gospel preaching. You know the assumption? That somebody is picking up what the preacher's putting down. Are you with me? You see, good preaching is only half the equation. Good listening is what adds the, the grit to the fork, if you please. In, in other words, he says the gospel must be preached with the involvement of the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Fill in number four with me. In too many churches today, people don't see, do not see manifestations of God's power in answer to fervent praying. Fervent praying. Do you understand fervent praying? I've been describing it to you this morning. Listen, beloved. That's the one, the only way to realize a manifestation of God's power. I have to pause every time I come across this and ask myself, Seth, could it be that we do not believe what Mr. Simbola just said. We do not really believe what I just said. The church doesn't see manifestations of God's power in answer to fervent praying. Is it because we do not fully realize what fervent praying is? Listen to me. Sometimes we get up, we go to work, we come home, we do what we do, and we go to bed. We get up, we go to work, we come home, we do what we do, and we go to bed. We get up, we go to work, something happens, you're like, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting this, I better pray today. <laughs> do we understand what fervent prayer really is? I'm telling you one thing, it ain't. Just getting up and do what you do without a consciousness of Holy Spirit and God's power and His plan and some personal 
prayer time. Listen to 1 Timothy 4 and 1. If you mark scripture, I would encourage you to mark this. Listen to me. I'm about to enter my conclusion, so listen to this. Paul says to young Timothy, Now the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, expressly states that in later times, are we living in later times? This is one preacher that believes that we are not only living in later times, I believe we're living in end times. I believe that. Here's one reason why. It says in later times, some, not all, some will abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits. Look at that, church. They are following deceitful spirits, not Holy Spirit. So I ask you, which spirit are you following? Deceitful spirits? Watch this. Deceitful spirits will tell you that they are holy. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Deceitful spirits. They call them deceitful for a reason. Because they deceive. They abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits. Look at this. And the teachings of demons. Earlier in verse 9 in our text passage, and I think I glossed right over that earlier, but beloved Paul mentioned that we are to turn from idols to serve the true and living God. Do you get that, church? It's not a popular teaching in 2023. The popular teachers want to tell you you can continue to dabble in all that cultural garbage out there and still make heaven your home at some point in time. I'm not convinced of that. If I were convinced of it, I would agree with you. But Holy Spirit has helped me see something else. It's helped me see that we are to turn from the idols to another direction and serve the true and living God. Not follow deceitful spirits. Let me see if I can wrap it up this way and help you understand. One of the most frequent places for us to realize the power of God. It's in the area of persons being released from a life-controlling bondage. Unholy habits unholy thoughts, unholy traits, being released from such and having that not only displaced but replaced by something else. Now watch, we have to be careful in the year 20 and 23. Why? Number five on your study notes. Beloved, it is no longer popular to seek God's intervention to set us free from life-controlling bondages. New life, hear me well. Instead, that which is in vogue today in religious institutions is rather than eliminating those life-controlling bondages, we rather relabel them, we relabel our various and sundry maladies toward the end of normalizing them. You won't have to think much about that to know that I'm telling you the truth. Now listen, the world apart from God Almighty, the world has no power to eliminate spiritual bondages. I am a certified 
counselor. I can walk you through some basic things in your life. You can say, Pastor Terry, I have a problem. And I can say, you know, I've dealt with that problem before. Here's what you need to do. One, two, and three. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot uh, overcome and be victorious in your spiritual life, beloved, uh, and, and overcome certain spiritual bondages. You cannot do that in and of your own power. I say this with all due respect. There are people in institutions this morning that tried. And they're going... The world has relabeled that. They call it all kinds of things. I see it as a spiritual bondage. A life-controlling bondage. So instead of allowing the power of God to work to overcome those things. We relabel them and call them normal. We create and prescribe some placebo for it. Listen to me. That doesn't lead to deliverance. That leads to destruction. Not only in eternity, but now. How many ravaged lives do we know and do we see in Henry County, Virginia? You don't have to look too far. I'm telling you, I'm involved in ministry. That means more than standing here and hollering at you on Sunday morning. It means rubbing elbows with the rank and file out here in the community. I'm here to tell you, this place is a mess. Because people haven't internalized what I'm talking to you about this morning. Let me tell you again as I wrap this up. The power of God can not only displace, but replace such maladies with power and deliverance. Now, I've got another illustration I'm not going to go into. Perhaps we'll get into it with you next week, the Lord willing. Because I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. The gist of it is this, and I'll just whet your appetite with this. Quite often, when people are delivered, the pronunciation of that comes out sounding like some kind of legalism or something really strange, which leads people that really have problems with another problem, something they can't understand, something that scares the daylights out of them, or they're like, I don't want none of that. They're weird. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. ain't weird. Once again, Holy Spirit, Ain't weird. You know, maybe Service Printing Incorporated can come up with some bumper stickers like that. We can all put them on our bumper. H-S-A-W. Be a little bracelet. Is there something in your life from which you need deliverance? Is there? One of my first memories of a question like that posed to me was at junior camp, oh, so many years ago. Oh, I was a little nine, ten-year-old boy. There were some things I needed to be delivered from, and I knew it. And the Lord began to help me with those things. Then later, 
I was in college. They called it Bible college because we studied the Bible. And I realized then, there's still some stuff that I'm dealing with. I need some help. I need some power. Then unfortunately, every now and then, as a seasoned pastor of New Life Community Church, I realize I'm still broken and in need of power. Still some things that I need God's help with day in and day out. Some things that I need to be delivered from. What about you? Beloved, that's going to conclude this particular teaching. Let me wrap it up this way. Has God been speaking to you? At this point, I'm really speaking to the believers. Has God been speaking to you by His Word? And I'm assuming that you read His Word. Please don't call yourself a believer and you do not engage God's Word. Has God been speaking to you by His Word? empowered by and revealed by Holy Spirit. If you'd say, I don't want any of this Holy Spirit language, Romans chapter 8 makes it very clear to us that if we do not have the Spirit, we are none of His. Have you been being spoken to by the Word, by Holy Spirit, about the way you conduct your life? And the uh, million dollar question is, have you been listening? Have you been paying attention? How do we get the power of God? We have the power of God. It's a matter of learning how to listen to, how to tap into that power. And it's pretty simple. Read the Word, understand the Word, understand the Spirit's given inside, and just live out. Purpose to live out what you read in the Word. Purpose to follow after the commands of Christ. You know, Jesus said, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How do we know that we love Jesus? We keep His commandments. If we aren't keeping them, what does that tell us? We don't love Him. We're not in a true relationship with Him. I want to encourage you to be in that relationship. God is moving in this world that we live in today. He's always at work around us. It behooves us, that behooves us to look and observe and see what He's doing and then purpose to get in on it. So I want to encourage you to focus your attention. Focus focus. Not looking here and running here and there and chasing every little pipe dream that comes along, but know and understand God has a purpose and a plan for your life. See what He's doing in your life and purpose to get in on it. Have tunnel vision in that regard. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now, and I pray for that man, woman, boy, or girl that you've been dealing with. You've been showing them some things in their life, the way they should conduct their life according to your plan. I pray that you would empower them to purpose, to live it out, strengthen them for that uh, purpose, and we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, before I get out here, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. And listen, it's pretty important that you connect with the church. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we meet. We would love to see you. Also, we have Family Ministries Night. There's some real just some tremendous things taking place here in and around and through our youth group and our children's ministry. If you're looking for such a place, now I'm not talking about a lot of fluff. I'm talking about a place that brings forth the Word of God and helps children understand it and memorize it and know it and live it. And youth are challenged to do the same. 
then this might just be the place that you've been looking for. Contact information is there on the screen. And my time is gone. I've got to get out of here. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. I'm Terry Knight reminding you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?